one thing that came forward in my meditation was the word relationship. And Brian talked a lot about relationship in his sharing just now, even though maybe he didn't use the word often. But really and truly, life is about relationship. Wherever developing, moving into, moving out of, moving with, relationship. The main relationship that we have is with ourselves. And oftentimes we don't stop to think about how are we relating to ourselves? How is the relationship with me going? And yet that's the main relationship in this world that we have. Relationship requires a number of different things. It requires being there for the other person. In this case, being there for yourself. Being there with understanding, listening, sharing. Being willing to accept and forgive yourself. And ever bringing forth loving in all that you're doing as you go through the day. If you've ever been in a relationship with another person, it takes a lot of work if you're really going to have a good relationship. I know a number of people, they meet, they fall in love, they get married, and then they think everything is supposed to just be a breeze, just move right into it and everything's going to be happy and they're going to do for me and I'm going to be happy in this relationship and it doesn't work that way. And then they get angry because the other person is saying, why aren't you here? Why aren't you participating with me? Why aren't we talking and sharing and doing life together? Relationship requires paying attention, being attentive, being present. And for me, I learned a lot about relationship and my relationship not just with myself, but with God. You know, I'm always saying God first and God only. And in truth, if I'm in a good relationship with myself, it's because I'm in a good relationship with the God that dwells within me, my soul. And I have found that when I am in irritation, upsetness, separation, where I don't feel as though I have a good relationship going with myself or with God, it's only because I'm not doing my part. God's always there doing God's part with me, for me. But am I doing my part? And my part is to love myself, to pay attention to me on all levels of myself, physically all the way up into soul, and to contact all those areas of myself that I'm experiencing in. Because we experience and many different components are parts of ourselves. But oftentimes, we avoid, we ignore, we don't want to feel, we don't want to think. 
we don't want to have to be responsible to. And that's what relationship is all about. It's feeling and thinking and being responsible and being active in relationship. If you really want to do relationship in an easy way, make it easy on yourself, every morning sit down and meditate and just spend some time loving God. That's what we always share. Meditation is. In this practice of sound and light, it is about loving God and opening to receive God's loving. If you do that on a daily basis, just with that focus, with that intention. You don't have to feel the loving that you're sharing with God. You don't have to feel God's loving as it comes in for you. But just do it. And keep bringing your attention back into the loving, back into being present with God in this moment. You're going to find very quickly, if you're really doing it, that you come into a flow. You come into a movement, an alignment within yourself where you do begin to live relationship in a very dynamic way. And the way I know that I'm in a dynamic relationship with myself is my life is simple. My life gets real, real simple. It gets simple inside, and it gets simple out here. But when I'm in living in separation not in that flow, I find that I feel pressured, I feel under the gun, if you will, obligated, I have to do these things, I feel overburdened, both within myself, dealing with me and all my stuff, and dealing with the world and all its stuff that it wants to put on me. If you can relate to what I just said there, I would invite you, if you don't enjoy all that, now if you enjoy it, then ignore the rest of this conversation and just go for it. But if you do not enjoy all the burden, all the obligation, all the stuff that is ever honest, both honest from the world and honest from within ourselves, all those demands, all those expectations, all those, well, why aren't you? Well, when is it going to happen? Why aren't you doing this? I would just invite you to spend some time every day loving God. Just loving God. Bring your focus to a place of simplicity and one-pointed focus for a moment. I'm not saying sit there for two and a half hours. Sit there for two and a half minutes. Just bringing your focus back to loving God and opening to receive God's loving. And if you do that on a daily basis, something will begin to change. Because when you go into one-pointed focus and when you do begin to focus your awareness, your attention into that place of loving inside of yourself and into that place where God dwells within you at the seat of the soul above the mind here at the top of your physical creation, an amazing thing truly does happen. An alignment takes place. 
and all those things that are in chaos and in ever pulling and pushing in you and around you are going to come into that alignment as well. And all of a sudden, in that alignment, you're going to start moving in a different way. Rather than a down and outward focus and spreading your energy out all over the place, you're going to be finding how to live in this one-pointed focus more and more. And you're going to begin to come into a natural flow. And that's the thing. Meditation brings you into a natural place and a natural flow of inward and upward. That's the flow of the soul consciousness. That's the flow of your true being. Inward and upward. It's ever inward and upward. And that's where you move into that simplicity. That's where you move into neutrality. That's where you move into alignment with the eternal in you. And that's where you begin to let go of all those things in the outer downward focus that connects you to the worlds of polarity. Have you ever found yourself just grabbing a hold of the good and the bad of life and you just can't let go of it? It's like, I really want to, I just, I don't want to do this anymore. Just go away. But you know, you never open your fist to let it go. You're just struggling with it. Well, stop struggling. And the way you stop struggling is don't focus on it. Don't give it attention. Look up. Look up. And come into that inward flow. Upward. Into something higher that is you. And you're going to find that your grip just relax. You just relax and you let go of the good and the bad. You don't try to hold on to the good and, and drag it around with you so fearful that you're going to lose it. And you don't hold on to the negative thinking, well, if I let go, it's only going to overtake me. At least I've got control of it out here. Instead, when you let go, you just rise above it. And it falls away. That's the beauty of meditation. That's the beauty of living a spiritually focused life. That's the beauty of having God first. You, the soul, that's where God dwells in you. And the soul is where you first come into contact with God, right within your own physical consciousness. When you chant the hue on a daily basis, you are bringing yourself up here to the seat of the soul, above the mind and all the physical elements, and you're waking up to where God dwells within you. This is the top of the mountain. This is where Moses went to wake up and hear God's voice first. And this is where you're going to wake up and know God as a truth, as a reality, as a loving presence that is you. It will take you maybe a little while to realize that that which you are experiencing as loving, that which you are experiencing as God, is you. It may take you a while to realize that, but you will eventually realize that that which is soul 
that you're waking up to where God dwells in you is you, the true you. And when you realize that, then you realize, okay, this body is just an instrument. It's just a means by which to get around the world and to have experience. This isn't me. And all this time I've been thinking, this is me and I've got to save it and I've got to protect it. I've got to defend it. And somehow I've got to get it to live forever even though everybody else around me is dying. I've got to be the only one who stays in a body because I'm afraid if I let go of it, where am I going? I remember I was in, um, let's see, I was in uh, 11th grade. And I had a teacher, Mrs. Grossman. She was my English teacher and my German teacher. I had English for fifth period. I had German for sixth period. And so when the bell rang, I had 10 minutes. and I just sat there in the room. And that was for two years, my junior and my senior year. And at first, I remember I was so nervous. All the other kids got up and left to go off to their next class. Well, I didn't have any place to go because that chair was my next class. And I was just waiting for everybody else to show up. And Mrs. Grossman would be sitting up in front, and I'd be sitting not too far back from her. And I remember the first few days were so uncomfortable because it was like, what do I do? You know, oh my God, I don't want to look at her. Don't look at me. Because <laughs> I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to move into a conversation or anything. And I don't know who talked first, but we started having a conversation. And every day we kind of added to the conversation. We had 10 minutes to talk. And... In a year's time, you get to know each other a little bit. Well, towards the end of the my, my first year with her and doing this, one day she didn't come to class. And we had a substitute. And nothing was said other than Mrs. Grossman will be back in a few days. And didn't think anything about it, but I sat there and, you know, uh, the teacher was there and going to handle the German class as well. And I was back into that awkward moment of like, what do I say? What do I do? And the next day and the next day and then fourth or fifth day later, she came back. And as everybody got up to leave, she looked at me and she said, come up here and sit down next to me. You know, pull up a chair. And I did. And... She said, how do you know that God really exists? And I said, you know, like, what? what? Why are you asking that? And she said, well, maybe that's not a good question. Do you think God exists? And I said, oh, I know God exists. And she says, you know it? Okay, then how do you know God exists? And I said, because... I know God every day. I, I'm with God every day in my prayers. And she said, well, yeah, so you pray, but what do you mean you know God exists? You know God. And so we began to have a conversation about that. And she said, you know what I'm really asking is, 
what do I do with my anger with God? She said, I'm really angry with God right now. I've always had faith that God is there, that God is there for me, that God is there for my family and my friends. I've always believed that. But my brother, who was five years younger than me, just died. And I went to his funeral, and I was with his wife, and I tried to console her. And I couldn't because I couldn't console myself because I was angry with God. God let him die. God let him leave his wife and his children and me. And I'm mad. And I don't want to be mad at God, so I'd almost like to know God doesn't really exist and I don't have anything to be mad at. And I said, well, what if there's another way to do this? And she said, if you know another way to do this, you tell it to me now. And the bell rang, and we started German. (laughs) So that was on a Friday. And so when the bell rang and we were leaving, she said, I've got to talk to you. I've got to talk to you. I've got to get this conversation finished. I can't wait till Monday. And, and she said, you know, I'm not supposed to do this. Uh, have a conversation with students not relating to school after school's over with. So what we're going to do is we're going to meet in the principal's office. And I'm going to get the principal to leave the office. And we're going to sit there and talk until we get this resolved. And we'll be doing it in an official setting so that he'll be fine with it. And I said, all right. So when it was time to go home, I just went on into the principal's office. And normally I would meet my friends and we would walk home. And uh, uh, so I told them I had to go to the principal's office and (laughs) didn't explain it. They thought, oh, you know, good old goody two-shoes is in trouble. (laughs) So I went in and we sat and talked and and I explained to her, I said, you know, God has been real for me ever since I was five years old. I have no doubt about it, God's real. And to me, God is loving. And that loving would never do anything to hurt us, to harm us, to judge us. It is loving. And I said, if something happens to me in this world, that causes me pain, such as a grandparent dying or just whatever it might be, I look at that and realize that's a part of this world's process. This is part of this life. But I'm focused more on the life of me as soul, not the life of me as this body. And she said, where did you come up with this? And I went, I didn't come up with it so much as I came to understand it. I came to live into it because I pray every day. And in my prayers, I go into these experiences of the movement of loving. And I come to these understandings for myself. And she said, do you know anybody else that, that you know, believes this way or does this that I could also talk to and maybe get a better understanding? 
I said, no, I don't. I said, I've talked to so many people and, you know, my, my parents don't understand me. The rabbi doesn't understand me. The ministers at the church don't understand me. <laughs> you know, so no, I don't know of anybody else. And she said, well, so tell me more. How do you have a relationship with God? When you can't see God, you can't feel God, you don't know if God really exists. How do you know? I said, I know it through the loving. When I go into that place with God and the loving is there, and I live into the movement of that loving, of giving and receiving, I know that that's God. And I know that that's me. That's the true me. I'm that loving. And God is that loving. And we are one in the loving. And I've gone there when someone has died. And I feel the pain of that or I watch the pain in others and wonder why, why, why do we have to go through this? And I realize that the loving doesn't change. The loving is ever there. And even if I take my anger or my frustration or my fear into the loving, the loving just stays consistent. And so it's for me to learn how to live in all these situations in the loving because the loving is ever there the same. And she said, so what do I do with God when I'm, I'm, I, I'm either going to be mad at God or I've got to dismiss him and say he doesn't exist? And I said, be mad. Be mad at God. But at the same time that you're being mad with God, open to receive God's loving. Just say, I'm mad at you, and I want your loving, so I'm not mad at you anymore. And she said, I'll try it, but I don't think this is going to work. You know, I think, you know, you've told me a few things, and I think it's nice that this works for you, but I would really doubt that that's going to work. So, got back Monday, didn't even have a conversation. She didn't want to talk. Tuesday, she didn't want to talk. Wednesday, she said, all right, all right. Something's happening. I don't know that I like it, but it's moving. It's different. She said, I'm not mad at God anymore, but I'm mad at myself. And she said, I'm mad at myself for a lot of different reasons that are confusing me, and, and I don't know what to do with it. And I said, just give it up to God. Just love and give it up to God. That's what I've always done. I give everything up to God. Just as Brian said earlier about God wants all of our stuff, good and bad, the way we view it. Just give it up to God and let it go into the loving. That's the key. So she started doing that. Well, the next day we didn't talk. The next day we didn't talk. Monday we didn't talk. And I can't even tell you how many days went on and she would not talk. She didn't want to talk. And then one day, the bell rang, and before everybody was out of the room, she was crying. <laughs> and it was kind of strange, because some of the students were looking back like, 
you know, they got to get to class, but, you know, are you okay, Mrs. Grossman? Can we help you? You know, and she she just was going, you know, like that, telling him to go, and she just kept crying. And so I sat there because I didn't know what to do, and then she came and waved at me to come up. And so I went up, and she said, all right, you win. And I said, I'm not trying to win anything. <laughs> she said, no, you win. You win. You're right. You know, God really does love me. And I'm mad at myself because I didn't allow myself to have the relationship with my brother I wanted. And now I realized the moment he died, I realized I had wanted a relationship with him all along, and I avoided it because I didn't know how to do relationships. And he, she said, I realized I don't know how to do a relationship with my husband. And we've been married 23 years. Or thir- whatever it was. And I don't know how to have a relationship with him. And I realized now I wanted to have a relationship when we first got married. And my intention was to do that. And then we just kind of fell into a, a pattern. And my brother and I fell into a pattern. And I'm into this whole thing with everybody. And now I'm angry with myself because I don't know how to do relationship. And I said, well, I, I don't know how to do relationship either. All I do is I just tell myself, I love everyone. And I'm going to share my loving with them the best I can and receive the loving the best they can give to me. And some people don't know how to give love. Some people want it but don't know how to receive it. And I said, so just be loving with them and see what happens. Well, during my senior year, I witnessed her transform. And she had, by the end of the tw- my 12th year with her, my senior year, she was having wonderful relationships with her husband, all of her family, and her students. Everyone in that classroom except for one person loved her because she really got down to having a relationship with people and not just teaching them. And she really cared about each individual and not just kind of moved you through the room to get her paycheck. And that's how she put it. Before, you know, this is a job. I'm doing my job. As long as you can speak English or German, then I've done it. But she learned how to do relationship. And the first place she found relationship to start with was in her prayer, in her what I call meditation, of just sharing loving with God and receiving God's loving. If you've been doing <clears throat> this meditation for a while and you found that your life has gotten simpler, easier, quieter, less confusing, less of the pull and the push of the world, then you're doing it. You're living into that flow of loving. And that is a greater action that you can be participating in than getting all the answers to every question you could ask. Psychic, mental, worldly, that's nothing. Those answers are nothing. What's real is the loving. What's true is the loving. 
And yeah, you're still going to have your days where everything seems to be off a little bit and pressured and that's just the world. But you also know how to get above it. You also know that simple place inside where everything is quiet and loving and peaceful and simple. And all you have to do is choose into it. So look and see, how are you doing relationship? Relationship with yourself, relationship with the world, relationship with God. And if you don't like the way your relationships are going, the place it's going to change and become what you want is inside of you, not outside. And once you begin to find how to live into that loving, you'll find that all relationships will be loving with yourself and with others and with God.